The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Glamour. Hey, Rach. Uh, is it still spooklore? It is. Ooh, We've got another spooklore story coming at you. We're Yay. really excited about it. Um, but, you know, before I dive into my story, I do want to say that the scariest, spookiest thing I can think of is Trump being reelected. So um, please get out and vote. And um, if you have family members who may be voting for him, please have those tough conversations. There's resources online. You can DM us. I'm happy to share them. But we really need to get out and make sure that um, rights for women, rights for um, minorities, that we are... Um, we are safe. And, you know, I saying this as a privileged white woman who um, my being and my ability to live how I want to is not something that is like, up for discussion or up for vote all the time. But um, it's something that I believe shouldn't be happening to anyone. And we really need to um, protect other people and vote this monster out. So Mm -hmm. um, definitely the scariest story that I can think of is another four years with him in office. So um, on a very, (laughs) very real deep level that that is spooky. So um, this week, that is why we are pairing our episode with League of Women Voters. Um, They're a great organization. We have actually partnered. They have like local membership. They do so many amazing things. Um, And I know your mother-in-law is very involved with the local um, Mm -hmm. one out in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So huge supporters of that specific um, location as well. But, um, you know, they have locations and leagues in over, they have 700 different ones across the states, um, over 500,000 members and supporters, um, hundreds of voting right victories. And um, they do a lot of like voter research, voter action, getting people out there um, engaged, informed, and we're just so appreciative of all the work that they do. So we will be making a donation to League of Women Voters. You can check out their website to learn more at lwv.org. And we hope that you will join us in supporting this great cause. Get out and vote. Yes, go vote. All right, Rachel. So I am going to tell you a story called The Fox Sister. Ooh. There once lived a husband and a wife who were blessed with three sons, but they still wished for a daughter. And so, after many years of praying, their wish was finally granted. What the husband hadn't told anyone was that he wished for a daughter, even if she was a fox. The baby girl was happy and healthy and grew steadily. One day, when she was six, the family's cows started dying. The father suspected that perhaps his daughter had something to do with the family's sudden loss of their prized possessions. So one night he sent his oldest son to stay up the whole night and watch the cows to find out what had become of them. The oldest son fought to stay awake and in the early morning hours, who should he behold but his sister with a crazed look in her eyes? He stayed hidden and watched his little sister reach into the cow pull out the liver, and devour it whole. The cow fell over dead, and the little girl's face was covered in blood. 
The older brother was terrified and made the decision that as soon as the morning came, he would tell his father exactly what happened. And so when morning came, he went to the house and told his father what he had seen. No, no, you are wrong. No daughter of mine would ever do that. It must have been a nightmare. How dare you implicate your sister like this? The father yelled angrily, and instead of listening to his oldest son, he threw him out. All was quiet for a while after the oldest son had left. Still, because the father was worried, he bade his second son to keep watch. The second son did so for several nights in a row, and it was not until the night of the full moon that the second son finally witnessed his sister killing one of the cows. The next morning, with fear in his eyes, he informed his father of what he had seen the night before. And father, I saw her suck the liver out of the cow. Again, the father angrily responded, no daughter of mine would ever do such a thing. And as he had done with his first son, he threw him out. But as before, the cows kept dying. So the father sent out his youngest son to keep watch at night. And when the youngest son went to watch, he saw what his sister had done. But when morning had come, he had a different explanation. I did see sister outside, but she just went to the outhouse. I saw the cow and it appeared to have died by seeing the moon for the first time. This satisfied his father. And so the son was spared and allowed to live in the house. Meanwhile, the two banished sons wandered the countryside and met a monk who gave them three bottles, one white, one blue, and one red. Unprompted, he said, your family is under attack. You must return from where you came and take these three bottles to defend yourself. So worried about their family, the two brothers traveled back home. They were quite confused when their sister opened the door. Our parents and her brother have died. Her eyes filled with tears. Please, she said, you must stay with me tonight. I'll make you dinner and we'll figure out what to do in the morning. And so the brothers, hungry from their journey, agreed to stay the night. The three of them ate a wonderful feast, which confused the oldest brother since his sisters had opened the door wearing rags. Still, both brothers were happy to be home, though sad of their loss, and they went to bed. It was the middle of the night when the eldest awoke from a strange noise. He jolted up and he saw his sister kneeling over his brother with her back to him. She must have sensed that he was awake and the noises stopped. What was that? The eldest brother rubbed his eyes and his sister turned around. Her mouth was bloody and it was chewing that had awakened him. Quickly, the eldest son ran out of the room holding the three bottles. His sister came screaming behind him. But I only need one more liver to be human forever. The eldest son ran. He could feel his sister running behind him. As she made his way to the front door, he looked to his left, and there he saw his parents and his brother's bodies with flesh taken out of them and flies all around them. It was then that he realized that he had eaten his family's remains for dinner. As soon as he was outside, he threw the white bottle on the ground, and there sprang a thicket of thorns. But his sister turned into a fox and got out of the thorns. He then threw the blue bottle, and in front of the fox sprang a large river but the fox was able to swim to the other side. Finally, the brother threw the red bottle and flames engulfed his sister. She burned until she was no more than a mosquito. Ooh, wow. That had everything. That had family dynamics. That had... Uh, cannibalism. Cannibalism. Check, check, check. <laughs> All the spooky tale necessities. Ooh. Ooh. 
Um, yeah, well, I chose this story because I really like um, Lovecraft Country, um, a new show. I know you've been Rachel. watching it too, mm-hmm. Rachel. Um, it's, you know, sci-fi, but the way that they loop it in um, around like civil rights and um, it's it's just an amazing show. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, but in that show, there is a Kumiho, um, which is a Korean um, a Korean folklore character, um, literally called that name for a nine-tailed fox, um, a, a creature that appears with tails, um, with these different nine tails. And um, I don't want to give anything too away from what happens in the show, but essentially she seduces men and then kills them. Um, so she, in that story as well, has a certain number that has to be hit before, you know, because it's like a spell um, that's on her. And then once she does this a certain amount of times, she'll be human forever. So I thought that parallel was really interesting in this story, too, um, that the sister, you know, she only needed one more liver to be human. And I have to admit, there was like a slight part of me as horrible as like everything that she did was you're like, Oh, man, she was only one liver away. Like, you know, then she could have like, but, you know, she already killed her family, done all these things. And, like, I'm not about doing that. I actually, I love cows. So that makes me sad that she was doing it to cows. But it also makes me sad that, like, I'm sure she didn't, like, enjoy that. It didn't seem like she was doing it because she had to track this certain number. And then she'd be human forever. Right? I don't know. She seemed to kind of enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she enjoyed it. We can't speak for her. We can't but, speak for you her. know, I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that whole, like, number thing and, like, this goal and, you know, even the obsession of that, like, feels a little greedy, that father, you know? And I think that's what we're supposed to feel, like, bad things fell upon him and his family because just that that greed we see it all the time whether it be with like your family or just consumerism and all these things happening right now in the united states but like at what point is it enough like you know you already have three healthy sons but you just have to have more so he makes this this wish at no matter what cost and ends up with a fox daughter who kills them all yeah i feel like his wish wasn't uh that that terrible you know like he just wanted a daughter and then it was like no you don't here's why (laughs) that's true and that may be i guess i'm kind of was mixing the kamiho in the story Mm. um it's more of a spell because of something but you're right this in this story it was just a wish it wasn't like he necessarily knew um but i guess he did say like you know i wanted a daughter so bad even if she was a fox so it's like careful what you wish for he yeah but i mean i say stuff like that all the time offhand i'm like i want a dog even if it's a fox no i don't say that but i'm just saying like you could could have wishes that maybe aren't like you know you say offhand like oh i would do anything for that and then you're like no you probably wouldn't do anything for that right right? Mm -hmm. i don't know i kind of kind of feel bad for the father i mean he should have listened to his sons let's be real so he's definitely not not doing his best work Mm -hmm. here but i don't know you yeah, know, it's a wish for things. And right. sometimes in the moment, you're willing to make these concessions. And usually when that happens in the moment, you're like not, you're not planning on actually delivering that. You right. Know? And that's, I think, why people say, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was really interesting. And it's much like changelings, you know, werewolves or vampires in Western lore. Um, there's always variations of this myth. Um, and I just I think that it's interesting to kind of hear how this plays out um, 
But yeah, you know, looking at the Kamiho or the Fox daughter um, and these different things that happen for them to try to become human permanently um, so that they lose that like evil character. You know what strikes me about that Hmm. is that humanity is so sure that we're the best thing ever that it like, would you want to not? Like, would you want to give that up? Like, you would be super powerful. I don't know. I don't. Ooh, That's what's... actually true. Yeah. I. <laughs> Funny segue here. But wait, are you me... a fox? <laughs> is no. this where the segue is going? <laughs> Funny thing, Rachel. Um, Funny thing. Uh. <laughs> No, it makes me think of, um, I feel that way when I watch 90 Day Fiance. Mm -hmm. I think there is so often, not to say about being human or foxes, but about that, like, being American is the best thing ever. Like, you see, um, shoot, and now I'm kind of forgetting their names. Was it Rose? Yeah. Rose and Ed, Mm -hmm. these characters. If you've seen 90 Day Fiance, Rose was from, I believe, the Philippines and, um, you know, was living in much different, like, home and situation. And so, like, this guy, Ed, looked at it as if, like, he, you know, she was using him for his money because she really wanted to get to America. So he lied along the way. He wasn't truthful about things. He was actually, like, really downright mean to her in, like, many cases. And, you know, she was very disappointed when he got there because he lied about things. He was mean to her. And you see her essentially just be like, no, like, you're the one, you are doing these things to me. I don't want that. Like, I'm not trying to leave here to be lied to but he was so caught up in thinking and everybody that was around him was telling him that he was being used because being American and having these things makes you so much better but she's like no like I thought you loved me I thought you respected me and you came here and showed me that you didn't Mm -hmm. and um, you know those are not her exact words I'm like summing my my view of the situation up but I think you're right it's like we oftentimes as like Americans in these stories or these things and especially like making it seem like that's the utmost thing to be human to be American mm-hmm. to be you know mm-hmm. I mean I would stay at Kumiho I'm just saying like anybody tries to mess with me like um that's it yeah that's it for them right so you know when I do think it would be fun to be able to like shift into something else yeah she gets to be a fox right that's kind of cool yeah I don't know I'm not against her well, I'm just confused why she would want to be human. I don't really get that, but okay. Is yeah. it because we're like, yeah, I don't really understand that 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 argument, but that's fine. Well, maybe too. She doesn't, I guess that's why I was saying like, you know, she probably doesn't want to have to do this. I think that's where I was like mm-hmm. inserting that mm-hmm. because that's kind of seen or felt in Lovecraft Country with the Kumiho is like, you know, she doesn't want to do that but she's getting pressure from her mother because her mother's like no you have to become human again like you know she's already at like 90 or something so mm-hmm. she's like you need to bring me 10 more men and she kind of like reluctantly is like uh you know and like is trying again but um so that's kind of where i think i was getting that feel for it but yeah hmm. yeah i don't know i just don't think being human's all it's cracked up to be <laughs> i know i don't know what it's like to be another animal but i think it's funny it's like i think clearly people do have that thought because I feel like often people be like well what's your favorite animal if you had to be one animal what would it be and why like you know we think about what it would be to be different to be other Mm -hmm. um which real quick what would your answer be to that Rach I mean I'd be my dog Cody oh (laughs) that sounds awesome because then I know I'm safe 
and I know that my that I like people love me. Yeah. But then I can just like sleep on the couch all day instead of working. Yeah, my dog Andy has a pretty good life too. I but mine would be a dolphin for Ooh. sure. Dolphin or some sort of whale. I mean, to just like swim like that, although, you know, that's like a an optimistic, like free dolphin who's not dealing with climate change and like the stupid shit that humans do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so kind of the caveat, I see how your dog would probably be safer. So I think too, the the what kind of is the crux of the story is that the fox dies at the end. And I remember looking into this as you were like telling me that we we're going to tell a story. And the interesting thing that I saw was that that's like normal through all the fox stories is that at the end, they typically die they're typically there's downfall and um, i know that there's this one um one paper that i read by sung ai lee and they were saying that like um the 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 weird thing is that like the fox sister or the fox persona is an other and um in order to not be an other they have to die right like Mm. being other is not okay um and i think in this article um the the you know the hypothesis or like more more of the argument was that the Korean society isn't very um, it's very homogenous right I think it said in the article there was two percent uh, from people from different nationalities in Korea and so you have a very homogenous society so otherness is very scary but I think otherness is scary no matter what societies you're in right um, and it's we definitely seen- made to be we mm-hmm. try to make people think that it's scary to be other but I also think there's some positive like people are coming around but yeah from like a folklore perspective I think that otherness is it's like oh you don't want to be anything outside of the mold right Mm -hmm. you know yeah and I think you know we see that obviously with the the rhetoric that gets uh peddled by the Republican Party for example now right like what kind of like what is other right who is not the other and I think that juxtaposition is very interesting in the Fox case because she you know, she wasn't, she didn't choose that, right? She was born right. a certain way and then she ends up dying for it. Which, like, don't don't eat people's livers. That, I get that. Like, maybe that's not a good call. But, you know, I, I feel like she, she was put in this situation and then she has a very serious downfall because of it. And that's a bummer, you mm-hmm. know? And um, I think that that mechanism of the story serves to tell people that, like, otherness is bad. I mean, and also eating livers is not advised. But man, yeah, you're just, you're taking us to that, like, I guess, deeper real level. And you're making me think of our modern society. And it's like, it's just so messed up that we still see that. But the reason why we still see that is because this story has been told time and time again, whether it's saying, you know, she was bad because she's other because she's a fox or like, I mean, these stories have been told forever, whether it be about being bad because of the color of your skin, being bad because of the size of your body, being bad because you're a woman who didn't want to have children, being bad because, you know, it's like you've got all these like being bad because your first marriage didn't work out. We recently um, talked about a story where like there was an evil stepmother and like that trope, for example, there's just all these things because people want to put people in a box. They Mm -hmm. want it to be good or bad. They want it to be right or wrong. And I just think that like, yeah, I, I wasn't really thinking about that and how real it is today. But you always kind of remind me of like the power of why we talk about this and look at folklore because so much, so often, I guess probably all the time, it's so much more than just a story, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a way to teach us how we should behave. And I think this story is very, very like that's exactly what it's doing, right? Like they are, you know, 
first of all, he, like you said, he asked for something that he shouldn't receive, which I don't know about that, but okay. He gets something that he shouldn't receive. Then it's not just a little boy, which would also be creepy, but the fact that it's a little girl is like super creepy. That's why all those like the conjuring and like poltergeist and all that stuff, like little girls are seen as not threatening right there. And so that taboo of a little girl being terrifying, being a cannibal, um, you know, that serves in our deepest, darkest fears, right? That like, what we think is safe is not safe. And I, I think um, they're trying to teach us that that otherness is dangerous. And, you know, can't you just live her life and eat cow livers? You know, even just that tie with cannibalism, like in Western culture and thinking about like, there are all these other stories of that, like thinking about Hansel and Gretel. Um, the story of cannibalism is done by a child, though, in this one. So I think to your point, too, like, in Hansel and Gretel, you look at it, and it's like an old witch. So that's scary. But then in this one, it being a young child, and also, as you said, like a female child, like this being a young girl, um, is supposed to make it like that much scarier. Yeah, definitely. And I think cannibalism is one of those taboos that kind of reinforces that social norm, right? Um, there has to be a social norm to taboo it. And the social norm is don't eat people, which is a good one. That's a good good life lesson there. But I think it gets so much more scary when it's when that taboo is breached, right? Kind of like the bathroom. Like that's the taboo, right? Where like that's a personal intimate space. Nobody's allowed in there with you. And then when that gets breached, it's it's like horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, I think this is something that cannibalism kind of serves to that. And something that I found that was really funny when I was doing this research was that um there's a saying in Korea that's uh, you can't say a word to one's liver. Cause I was trying to see like, what does the liver mean? Like, what does that represent? Oh. Um, and the liver in that sentence means like the meal was unsatisfactory. Like you can't tell the liver it was good because it was so terrible, I guess. Oh, Isn't that cool? Yeah. I didn't know about that, but anyway, I was well, just, I was also around. thinking, I mean, much like what happened in our last spook lore, like talking about a story where I love pink and um in pinky pinky i feel like that was a parrot and then now again we've done it and i realized a story that is now hitting too close to home so for our listeners i actually grew up on a farm um and so thinking about like you know we only had one cow so i guess um if my sister had been a, a fox trying to eat cow livers wouldn't have gotten super far but i would have been really really freaking terrified if I had seen that. But um, I guess my own modern version of this was growing up on a farm. And um, again, as I mentioned, we had one cow, which if anybody knows anything about farming, that usually means that that cow is serving a purpose. And um, so, yeah, we mostly had horses and this one cow, which um, we had for the purpose of eating. But I did not know that when I was little. And I was told that it went to another farm, I think, essentially. Um, and then when I was about 16, I realized somehow the story came back up because I used to like run out to go visit the cow like it was one of my like favorite things. And yeah, when I was 16, I found out that we had eaten the cow, mm. which it's just it's so interesting, because it really did impact me. I was vegetarian for years. Um, I still don't eat red meat. But when you think about it, it's like, so many people, you're just eating this meat that you don't even see, you don't even know. And again, it's kind of bringing me back to 90 Day Fiance, which I have not watched the show in so long. <laughs> but for some reason, this story is bringing these things up for me. There's an episode in there where um, 
one of the guys, I don't remember his name, is um, dating a woman from Ecuador, and they have to go get the chicken for that evening. Now, you and I and most other Americans, we probably just go to the store. The chicken's already ready. Mm-hmm. In this, they went to like a farm and you see the chicken's heads getting cut off. And like you saw how traumatizing it was for him to see that and think about it. But it's like, which is more traumatizing to actually see it and have to like know and see what you're eating or to just like not th- I don't know yeah. like it's it is kind of creepy to me like where we're at but like someone else we're so spoiled someone else takes care of that part of the process and it seems it seems crueler to like peacefully and like raise an animal right give them a good life and like humanely do it that somehow seems crueler because I'm sure some listeners are gonna be like oh my god I can't believe that like Mindy like doing that 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 happened like growing up on a farm but like I actually like that was good when you look at what happens in like modern slaughterhouses mm-hmm. like that's not good Mm-mm. yeah and I, I think too like the the closeness of food is missing and uh, there's this wonderful book that I half read I did not read every <laughs> but it's called braiding sweetgrass and it's about this um this this kind of a uh, connection right that we've lost that people lose right as we get more and more and quote unquote industrialized and i i think if you're going to eat meat you should be able to stomach how it gets done that's just how i feel i have this weird yeah. thing where my thought on the meat that i eat is if i and now i have not gone out and done this it's not like i'm going out and catching my own chicken um, but again, I really don't eat red meat or um, pork, but my thought is like fish, chicken. If I was in a situation where I had to, like I could handle like what needs to be done to eat that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't know though, because again, I have not put this this theory to test. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's now I've taken us on a weird, I'm not trying to convert everybody to being like or vegetarian <laughs> or, or cannibalism. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I have these weird thoughts, but it, you know, I think it's good to question like anything else. Like we're doing these stories to really just kind of question like, what are these things that I'm doing in my life? And like, who taught me or told me that this is the way? And like, am I actually aligned with that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think about that a lot from, um, you know, just even like style or looking at like, I think there's certain things to not be afraid to embrace them as being a woman. Like I actually love like, you know, hair, makeup. I, I do hair and makeup on the side for weddings. I love all those things. But there was a point where I was like, man, but do I really love these? Or do I love them because society told me I should? So like that it can be kind of this weird, like mental mind thing. But I'm, I'm back to embracing what I want to embrace. And, um, you know, which also includes letting my gray hair grow out. Yes. I'm now not afraid of that. Yay. But there's just all these weird societal pressures. And so I guess to our listeners, be who you want to be, like what you want to like, and um, continue to help shape our society to be more open-minded by just being you. I think there's really power in that. And I also realize, though, that I'm saying that from a privileged, safe position. So if it means that you're unsafe in doing that, like, you know, think about that, get someplace that is safe. Um, Kind of taking me back to our conversation with Gio and Mulan, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about um, when he had transitioned. And I know that that was a a fear of just like safety. And it makes me really sad that people have to um, 
fearful of those things because we live in such a messed up society where people are trying to um, make otherness such a scary thing, even mm-hmm. through folklore, through um, different things that are happening in our courts and the way that people are voting on things. So it's real and it's yeah. still happening from this folklore to today. Yeah. And I think otherness is a very strong a unifier, right? For the non-other, right? Um, for the accepted. I think it's um, something that this story is really good at. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I find very interesting about the story, and it's funny that you said the cow thing, is that they didn't realize that they were cannibals, right? Um, but they did eat somebody, right? Like the sons did eat their parents, basically. And I, I think there's something very interesting about like, we feel sorry for them, but they still technically, right? Or cannibals. What? I mean, I, I guess they were tricked into it, but like, still, they ate somebody. I don't know. And yeah. I, like, I guess she's more to blame, but I kind of feel like it's it's a way for us to feel bad for the sun. But I don't know, something about that kind of grinds my gears. Well, it's bringing me back to what I was trying to say about the meat that we eat and stuff. Like when you're not yep. thinking, it's like, you know, and then people will get upset if they're like, oh, you know, why did that video pop up on my feed? Like that was so like, I didn't want to see that happening to animals or and it's like, but if you're putting it in your body and not thinking about it, like, which it's is worse. worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And man, I really I did not set out to have an agenda of like trying to like, <laughs> but I mean, I do clearly, I guess I, I have these views and I don't necessarily need to apologize for them. Hopefully people will think because, you know, I'm also so interested in looking at like, you know, global warming and how we can really help the earth. And there's so much said about like, if people reduce the amount of red meat that was eaten as a country, you know, you look at like, from burgers and steaks and all of these things. And like certain parts of the country eat that like, every day, like so many meals. And I think even, yeah, I don't know. It's you know, just... we could advocate for cannibalism, then the earth would be fine. Just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Took a real spooky <laughs> turn. A real spooky turn. <laughs> but in that note of the girl being a cannibal, I think that's a great, like, what you're saying makes sense with otherness. You know, this is really, um, and this is kind of some of the other research that uh, we've done, you know, in, in an article I was reading, from the point of, it, this is a quote, Quote, from the point of view of other women, these are women who have an untoward and unhealthy power over men. So I think that's very telling of how, you know, Kumiho has so much power. And that's scary to men, right? That's the only, we don't hear about the mother, right? The only people we hear about are the men. And one man is manipulated by her. And the other three want to warn him, mm. but he's not listening, right? And so this this idea of power, I think, really helps Kumiho kind of uh, kind of create like it makes it scarier, right? Because right, because you're right. Because when we're thinking of like women as foxes, mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, she's foxy, or like the vixen, and like those things, like those are like, oh, she's so beautiful and powerful. So it's like it's so interesting because you still even hear those words and phrases being used today for like beauty but it's supposed to be scary in these Mm -hmm. stories too because Mm -hmm. of the power and you're so right I wasn't even thinking about like the mom is not mentioned not here at all and I think the brother who goes along with the manipulation like first of all a cow falls over dead because of a because of the moon I don't know that seems kind of like a weird excuse you know the father clearly was hearing what he wanted to hear but I mean I think the brother learned from what had happened to his older brothers and he was like well i don't want that to happen to me you know the 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 
father reminds me of like a bad boss. Like yes. you're trying to tell them this project's not going to work and they're like, oh, but it's going to work. Don't worry. And you're like, no. And then they're like, oh, well, I'll just work. get somebody else to do it. And yeah. then it like blows up. It blows up and everybody's like, see, we told you it wasn't going to work. Exactly. Yep. And it's like, he's not willing to listen to the information that's coming to him about something that he loves. And I think that separation of like love, you know, separation between him and his daughter, like um, he, he can't allow for that space to... Like she would have been a terrible teenager, right? Because she, she, there's no space for him to think about who she is as a person or like listen to people telling him that something is wrong, right? Mm. Um, could he have saved her life maybe? Had he listened? Who knows? Um, right, because also it's like, is there a place where you can just go buy cow liver? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I'm thinking like modern society, but it's like, man, maybe she didn't like need didn't- to do that to all those cows if he had actually listened. Like, how could you get around this like spell or this thing that you know she Mm -hmm. had to get to a hundred but he might have helped he might have been able to help her right you know who knows i mean Mm -hmm. i think it was just very unfortunate that he couldn't listen to his sons telling him that this was a problem and you know that didn't mean that it was that that was the end of her he could have he could have figured something out Mm -hmm. i don't know oh man yeah you're i feel like everything about this story for some reason is just really making me think of like ties to right now and what we're dealing with and i feel like that's everything you know hearing about how to be an ally like for whoever you can listening speaking up using your voice trying to help like these are real things that still need to be done and talking about that that like if you ignore it it doesn't go away yeah are you saying that we are kumiho allies is that what you're saying <laughs> potentially i mean but in real life trying to be true, true. an ally yeah. thinking of you know i guess how our society what our messed up society has coined as other like mm-hmm. trying to be an Definitely. ally and um you know i'm continually trying to educate myself to be better to use my voice and um i just i hope other don't be don't be like the fox daughter's father you know yeah and i think that better. he's not allowed to be hurt right and i think that is you know that feels like a fragility that is not really helpful to mm-hmm. her right mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I guess uh, you can see that my sentiments lie with her because I do feel bad for her. You know, she's got all this power. She's six. She may not understand what this means and how she can, she can kind of like manage it. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. I found myself feeling kind of bad for her too. And the part where it's like, she was one liver away. Like, you know, again, it's messed up that we're making it seem like being human, being this, you know, what you're supposed to be is the the like perfection and the goal, but still like I did find myself feeling bad for her. Cause I'm like, man, she was so close. She was so close. Yeah. I, I agree. She was so close. Yeah. She almost made it to be human. I'm just like, I don't know. It's not that great. Right. And what would have happened then? It's kind of like, makes you think of any other story. You look at like the problems that come with that, with the little mermaid wanting so desperately to be human, to fit in, mm-hmm. you know, but man, um, well, very spooky story. Um, lots of interesting pieces here. But again, don't forget that the spookiest thing is for Trump to be reelected for another four years. So get out and vote. Um, I got a text message the other day of some list that I must have somehow gotten on and they were asking me if I know anybody in Wisconsin who um, isn't sure who to vote for or is thinking about it and that I should reach out. So just made me think about um, these different states like Rachel and I both, we live here in Illinois. Um, You know, I mean, nothing's written in stone, but I think Illinois typically swings blue. Um, But just thinking about like, who are those other family members? And there's, there's still time. (laughs) Every vote counts. But yeah. um, Yeah. And, you know, your fate isn't sealed yet. Right. So uh, 
Kumiho, maybe her fate is sealed, but, uh, you know, it, it could have been different. So let's make yep. it different, I guess. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your voice. Do what you can. Um, let's help to really make this world a better place. There's just so much going on right now. And um, for us all to care and be more compassionate and really make that change. Um, and it, it takes hard work. It takes self-reflection. It takes, um, you know, being able to admit when you're wrong, really like educating yourself. I know I've been doing so much like re-education because as um, someone we love, Jane Elliott always says, like our schools don't really educate, they indoctrinate. Um, and I think it's like even stories in the history books sometimes are closer to folklore than the truth. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Um, but trying to end Spooklore here on a slightly positive note that we can make and be a change. Um, but I really hope that everyone listening enjoyed this story. I know I did. It was really fun to do Spooklore this year. So I hope everyone has a safe and happy Halloween. Don't forget to wear your mask. Um, mm -hmm. And remember, wear two masks. There you go. Yeah, because you still I know that was actually I was reading something about um, if you're wearing like a spooky mask, don't forget your like breathing mm -hmm. mask to actually like protect um you know if people are doing trick-or-treating also remember how fun virtual events can be um but yeah stay safe to all of our listeners we appreciate you and um we thank you for joining us yeah and hey uh men uh, next time we get dinner together i'm gonna say something like we can't say can't say that about one's liver you know i'm just gonna <laughs> mention that just to the waiter yeah. like casually great say oh Hey, actually, we should probably let our listeners know we since we did two spook lore because um, we wanted to focus on that and we really wanted to make sure that everybody gets out and votes next week. Um, we will not be having an episode drop next week. We will be coming back to you with our next episode after spook lore on November 11th. So we will talk see to you, you then. then. All right. Hey, man, I'll see you later, huh? Sounds good. Okay, bye. bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, but you can always find us on Instagram at Femlore Podcast or visit us online at femlore.com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going, so please tell your friends about us. Femlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland, research and coordination by Lauren Crossland Marr, and as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow!